Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 166. It's now been four years, seven months, and 15 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Not quite up to mountain shape yet, so still making the most of today's blessings by recording down from my handy podcast rock in my beautiful local park. And I admit, it's been quite a while since I put out a show. But that's because, wait for it, wait for it, Mark and I just got back from an Alaskan cruise. Yay! We had a wonderful time with my cousin and his wife, seeing glaciers and eagles and bears and salmon, all while eating and drinking the best stuff and letting someone else make the bed. A true life experience I'll never forget. And if you'd like to take a peek at some of our memories, I'll post a few pics on today's show notes on day 166. Later on in Afterthoughts, we'll welcome our newest BC, Christine from Pennsylvania, who really goes all out in the bravery and support department. And then I'll share a comment conversation from last show between me and BC Linda from Sydney, whom we first met on day 163. Finally, I'll give a special shout out to Sue from the UK for her touching thoughtfulness. For now, let's listen to our inspirational snippet of Circle by Hartley. Then I'll share what I'm embracing today and what weirdly inspired it. Take a step back, look around. Breathe in the air, let down your hair, just listen to the sounds. Think about where we have been. The joy we shared with friends who care and all the things we've seen. a good day to begin. All right, Hartley, I tell you, I am laughing out loud because one of the upsides or downsides, depending on how you look at it, is I've had plenty of time to watch TV since my feet have been giving me so much trouble. But even watching TV sometimes gives me inspiration these days. For example, the idea for what I'm embracing today comes from a dance competition called World of Dance. On it, Judge Derek Huff, who is also famous for Dancing with the Stars, said to a contestant that he was, quote, so in tune with yourself, you create magic, unquote. And I thought, aha, that's it. I need to be in tune with myself, my truth, my purpose, my heart. The flip side of this was something I heard on a reality show called Castaway, which is about 12 folks trying to survive stranded on islands with very limited resources. One of them said, quote, I need to stay mentally strong because you fail on the inside way before you fail on the outside, unquote. And this thought really resonated with me because as I've shared so many times in the past, my default thinking was always self-doubt and pessimism. So I was thinking to myself, how can you become more in tune and stop all this failing on the inside before you fail on the outside? You know, because it really does kind of come inside out. If you're so scared to try that you don't try, 
for sure you fail the situation, whatever that is, whether it's your diet and fitness, or in my case, going for an audition for a voiceover job, or trying for your dream. A lot of us feel this doubt inside. A lot of us feel like we're not good enough or we're not worthy. And I tell you, especially since I've been in the voice acting community, there are many, 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 many very talented, talented voice actors out there who give wonderful, stupendous, emotional, heartfelt, realistic reads who don't book the job. So it isn't about necessarily being the best, but it is about being the voice that's right for a particular spot or for a particular part on an animation or something like that. You know, and then once you get that opportunity, it's about being very easy to work with and making the producer and director's life easy. You don't want to be a big diva if you're trying to be a working actor. And I think the same thing could be true for everything in life. You need to put yourself out there. You need to prepare as much as possible for the situation that you're going to try for, right? Like, I wouldn't say, huh, I think it would be great for me to run a triathlon. Let me sign up and go down there and have just belief in my mind that I can run a triathlon. Well, I might think that if I had been already training and swimming and biking and running a whole bunch, that, okay, let me put that together and go for a triathlon. But no, if I really had that burning desire in my heart that I want to run a triathlon, I would need a training plan. I know to succeed at completed triathlon, I need to be good on my bike. I know I need to be able to swim, and oftentimes this is swimming in an ocean or outside water that's not a pool, so I would need to practice that. And I would have to practice running, which right now for me is a non-starter, so I would need the triathlon minus running to even have a shot at it. But that's the part about getting your inner self ready to go. It's saying to myself, if I wanted to do a triathlon, I could do it by following these steps, or I could prepare myself to be in the best situation for success if I follow these steps. So the first part that I'm trying to embrace from Derek Huff is the being in tune. And I think being in tune is for us to take the time to really understand what it is in our hearts that would make us happy or fulfilled or what would give us that sense of purpose or doing that thing that we're meant to do or that thing that is most in alignment with our personal goals and our values. And for people pleasers, and many of us compulsive eating people are people pleasers. We're putting the needs of the others before ourselves. And sometimes that's a nice thing to do as a family member or a friend to put the needs of others. But if we do this routinely, we get out of that feeling of being in tune with ourselves. Being in tune with ourselves is all about knowing your own heart. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, that was one of the most 
difficult, difficult things for me to get a handle on as I started doing the show and started peeling away some of these layers of what was this that made me want to eat so compulsively? Why was I stuffing chips down my gullet when I knew darn well that that wasn't good for me physically or emotionally or any other reason? So why did I feel compelled? And I had to get down into understanding in these moments where this desire to compulsively eat was really a trigger about something else, I had to become in tune to what I was feeling. And sometimes, in fact, I'll give you an example. I don't usually want to compulsively overeat on something sweet. It's usually kind of the the chips and crackers and french fries and kind of salty, crunchy types of things that I tend to want to go for. And that's kind of connected to my nervousness and sense of anxiety or boredom. But if for some reason I feel a, quote, lack of love, unquote, if I've had a big fight with Mark and I feel like, oh, he doesn't understand me. He doesn't really love me. Now, I know that's kind of ridiculous, but that's the inner Lori is crying a lot about. I'm not loved. Nobody loves me. That's when all of a sudden, ta-da, visions of ice cream dance in my head or chocolate or uh, make some cookies, that kind of thing. Because normally for me, sweet is a little something I like to have at the end of a meal sometimes. And it just puts that little capper feeling for me on a good meal to have a little bit of something sweet. And if I'm super hungry for a particular dessert, a bite or two is enough. If I'm feeling a lack of love, then a whole box of Oreos would not be enough. And I don't even like Oreos. (laughs) Or a, a pint of ice cream would be certainly a single serving in that case. Because how many pints of ice cream does it take to make Lori feel loved? Well, There's not enough ice cream in the world to make me feel loved if what I'm upset about is a fight with Mark or missing my family or wishing my friends had more time for me on a particular day when they're busy or something. You know, whatever that real circumstance is, it's triggering the sense of loneliness or lack of love. It's that thing that I need to address Either I need to just wrap myself up in a comfy quilt and comfort myself, look in the mirror and say, I love you, like we've talked about, to fill myself with love, reach out to my higher power through my religion or my spirituality to feel that sense of universal love. I need to do something that has to do with love. The only love ice cream can meet is when you love this ice cream and you want to taste the flavor. Because when you want to taste the flavor, you don't go through it like crazy, you know, scarfing it down. You take your time to actually taste the flavor. So that's something that has been helping me lately to identify if food is my answer. Because as I said, 
I'm up a little bit in weight from where I like to be, and I think I'm slowly coming down again, but I just cannot exercise as much as I used to. I just the other day got back on my bike again and started training a little bit because my feet have been so bad that even some of the bike riding was triggering me to have a bad episode. So I really can't eat very much even to maintain this higher weight without any exercise. So it's kind of like, woe is me. You know, I just am not able to eat as much as I like to. I don't like that my weight's up. I don't really want to go into a diet and have diet thoughts again, because as we've discussed many times, that's not really my thing. But a question that I ask myself has been helping me a lot, and I really wanted to share that with UBCs. And the question is, Lori, how will I feel after I eat this? Physically is one way, emotionally is another way, socially is the third way. How will I feel after I eat this physically, emotionally, and socially? Because physically, I feel good after I eat something if I was physically hungry. And that's part of intuitive eating or however you're eating. It's kind of good to get in tune with your body and actually provide your body nutrients when it is hungry. And it's really bonus points to be able to stop eating when your body is satisfied. That's called your sense of satiety, something that many of us struggle with the most. Now, the other one is emotionally. How will I feel emotionally? Because if I'm being triggered to binge by a visit from the robot aliens, I think in my compulsive brain, I'm gonna feel emotionally fantastic if I eat this whole pint of ice cream right now. Oh, it's gonna feel great. It's gonna make me feel better. But I know from experience that those few moments it takes me to eat that ice cream, I might be feeling pretty good because I'm in the middle of binge mentality. But when it's done, I'm going to feel sad and kind of disgusted with myself and upset with myself. And I will wish that I had chosen better. I know this. So the third one is a new thought for me, which is socially. Because in the past, many times when I've been on a diet, I would be very rigid in my eating plan around my friends or even on my birthday or any time when people are getting together rather than having a little tiny bit of something or just, you know, participating a little bit with what I can and feeling part of the crowd. So sometimes even if I was eating great for myself physically and emotionally, I'm going to be proud of myself for sticking to my food plan. Now and again, socially, I would feel regret that I was not part of the crowd at that particular time. Now, this is a tricky one because sometimes it's okay not to fit in socially, if you know what I mean. Like one of the old sayings, I think from Richard Simmons was, it's okay to eat your own birthday cake, but you don't have to eat everyone's birthday cake in the office, especially if you, if you have a big office, right? And by that is kind of pick your occasions. But you know, I know in my heart of hearts when I'm really gonna feel badly that I didn't participate in the party or I didn't take a bite of this fantastic cheesecake at this wonderful restaurant. I know when socially, it's a win for me to have a little bit of that food, even if it is not in my particular food program of the day. So if I can balance it, 
how will I feel after I eat this, physically, emotionally, socially, if I at least give myself that thought, I find that I've been much more successful at creating eating circumstances that help me feel more in tune with myself. Live from our studio in beautiful La Crescenta, it's time for Lori's Afterthoughts. What? Additional reflection on today's topic. I just finished editing the Embrace segment for today, all about being in tune, and I must have been wildly in tune because I don't think there's a single thing I need to comment on or to adjust. I was really happy with that message. But just to repeat, the question that's really helping me before I eat something is to think, how will I feel physically, emotionally, and socially? Next, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our newest BC, Christine from Pennsylvania. She first reached out via the Compulsive Overeating Diary page on Facebook, where she wrote, Just starting listening to your podcast and really appreciate it. I have struggled with weight my entire life. I find it especially difficult now as I am trying to redefine myself at 57 in wake of a divorce. I am also dealing with health issues such as fibromyalgia and metabolic syndrome. Thank you for sharing your journey. As I walk for exercise, you walk alongside me. I thanked her and asked if she was comfortable with me sharing her story. Not only was Christine willing, she was brave enough to call the Bravery Hotline. Hi, this is Christine from Pennsylvania, and I'm calling just to tell you a little bit about my story. I've struggled with my weight for most of my life, and my life got upended a few years ago when my marriage started to fall apart. Within two years, I went from a household uh, with a husband, two older children, and two dogs, to being alone in an apartment with a cat. In my 50s, I had to reinvent myself. For a compulsive overeater, this was a monumental challenge. I have been creating a new life for myself, and this has included um, challenging myself to do things I feared most of my life, one of which was learning how to swim, and another was getting up on stage to perform improv, which I'm doing regularly now. I was so excited to find Lori's podcast to help me with one of my biggest challenges, of course, which is compulsive overeating. It's comforting for me to know that I'm not alone in this journey, and I'm very thankful to Lori for sharing her journey with me and with those that are like me as well. Christine, not only are you on the bravery report, but I love how you inspire us by sharing how you learn to face your fears by trying new things. Improv is so fun, but can be terrifying. It's on my bucket list as well. The music I chose for Christine is called Light Footsteps, since it's an overall positive tune celebrating Christine's bravery and the name Light Footsteps spoke to me about moving on into a bright future. 
Christine also supported the show right away by sending some virtual coffee, as well as writing this thoughtful five-star review on USA iTunes. Christine titles her review, Thankful, and she writes, There are many women like me who have struggled their entire lives with compulsive overeating. Lori Weaver gave us a voice. I don't feel alone in this struggle, and I have learned a lot about the issues that surround compulsive overeating. In the process of listening, I have learned a lot about myself. I look forward to each episode. Wow! I think this may be the ultimate trifecta of new BC bravery and support. Virtual coffee, five-star iTunes review, and bravery hotline. It touches my heart and soul that you care enough to share yourself, Christine. Big smooches for you. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to share your support and story with the show, here's Mark to explain how. Please announce yourself. Here are some ways you can participate in the show. One, call the Bravery Hotline at 206-350-6445. The number is also on every show page of CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Two, post a comment on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. The episode URL is always CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com front slash D-A-Y with the number of the episode and no spaces. Three, for other features and directions, visit the How to Send audio page on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. Last show was all about appreciating the blessings of today. And BC Linda was a blessing to me that day by posting this comment. Hi, Lori. Thank you for another great episode. You are reading my mind. I have been in the same place myself. I have been looking at my impatience and my lack of purpose. I also believed I had no value. I have come to see this is a lie. I have battled with alcohol dependency and now facilitate workshops to help others with their alcohol addiction, as well as facilitate Weight Watchers meetings. I have a full life, but it is never enough. I am 54 years old and have struggled with food obsession since I was about five years old. I still remember eating other kids' leftovers at school. I have successfully lost and gained huge amounts of weight over the last 30 years, with the latest 45 kilograms lost last October and really struggling to keep it off. My weight can fluctuate between 40 to 60 kilograms overweight. My body cannot handle these excesses. Keep up the great work, Lori. I have also experienced the loneliness of recovery, but believe we all have a purpose and we don't even have to know what that is. And how scary is that? XOXOXO. To which I answered, Oh man, Linda, I can so relate to the story you describe, and I'm guessing you can understand why staying within 10 pounds while not dieting and not fluctuating 20 to 40 pounds per year is a victory for me, even though I remain at a higher weight than I would like. I am so glad you reached out to us and happy that Sue from the UK greeted you by name. So I hope that our virtual band of brave companions will help you quell any loneliness that may hound you from time to time, as it has done for me. And now, since I know where you are from, you shall be christened from now on as, ta-da, BC Linda from Sydney.
I never had a cross addiction with alcohol, but did find myself overspending and overworking in times of dieting past. As you say, many of the techniques we use to deal with feelings themselves directly seems to help with all of these addictive and compulsive behaviors. Now I tend to have, I think, much more balance in my life and don't overdo too much, or if I do, I realize it is a marker for some underlying issue I need to look at, XOXOXO. Before we go, I also wanted to send a special smooch and good thoughts to Sue from the UK, who reached out to me since she realized we are both facing the second anniversary of the loss of one of our parents. Sue, it truly helps my friend to be thought of, and your message meant everything to me. Here's some love to you in this trying time. That's it for today, BCs. So until next time, take care and celebrate your own inner tune. Because I really, 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 really care. Take a step back, look around. Breathe in the air, let down your hair, just listen.